Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the most popular and least listened to podcast in the world, the Sixth Sense Media Podcast, with your host, Mike Phelan. Uh, so all joking aside, uh, let's see, I, I didn't get a screener for it, but I did watch the, the trailer and I read the synopsis, and uh, where did where did all this come about uh, between uh, your involvement and uh, James Pickering writing it? How did How did you all come together on this? Um, so John Ornoy, our producer, he optioned it from James Pickering off of Inktip. And so James had originally written it for a male lead. It was set in the UK. And when John optioned it, he and James worked to adapt it for North America and a female lead. So, and then uh, John and I had worked together. We'd known each other for a long time, and he approached me to direct it. And as soon as I read the script, I fell in love with the characters and the story. And so that's how I came on board. Uh, when you're casting uh, for people that have to be believable comedians on stage or aspiring comedians, how how did that casting process go? Um. Well, we had sent it out to a couple of production companies and we weren't getting any bites originally. And my agent had said, you know, we can keep sending it out, but you're looking at a couple of years, you know, to really get it off the ground. And we decided we didn't want to wait that long. So we we did a crowdfunding <laughs> campaign to get the funds together. And then we decided to cast locally. And I was directing an episode of The Magicians and I had cast uh, Raylene Harewood came in for an audition for a character, and I thought she was fantastic, and I cast her in The Magicians. And after that, she was, you know, I thought of her immediately for the character of Charlene. So we brought her in for a read, really liked her. I think we brought her in for another, really liked her. And then um, Brian Markinson was playing a recurring character on another episode of The Magicians that I was directing and, you know, working with him, he has so much experience. He is so, um, so amazingly talented. And I thought, Oh, it's going to be kind of intimidating working with him. You know, he was on Mad Men. He's done all these stuff, Mike Nichol films. And um, he was great to work with. He was so open and um, open to anything, trying different things. Um, he's a very generous actor um, I noticed that right away when I was having trouble with another actor. He kind of helped me um, with the off-screen, the off-screen dialogue, so I could get the performance I was looking for from the other actor. And so he's such a generous, generous actor. And um, so I, I told him about it, and I thought, "There's no way. I mean, he's going to be busy. He's going to, you know, not be interested. It's so low budget." And he said, "Yeah, send it to me." And he read it and immediately loved um, the character of Bob. And so we had a chemistry read between Brian and Raylene, and they got along great. And they were they worked really well off each other. So we ended up casting them. Uh, what's your directorial approach when you have uh, characters that have to have that very intense, uh, intertwined relationship? Do you have them work together off scene to build the rapport or do you prefer to see the rapport kind of build itself as you're filming? It was a bit of both. Like we did have rehearsals um, so that they could get together and work with each other and start forming that relationship. And then on, you know, on set as well. 
Um, one thing that I loved about the script reading it is it wasn't sort of the stereotypical, you know, older man, younger woman, and they fall in love. It was really a father-daughter relationship. And so that felt very refreshing. And, and to me where I thought, you know, it's, it's kind of breaking that, that stereotype. So they did form that friendship and, you know, a bit of that father-daughter relationship, um, you know, off and onset. What were some of the challenges uh, with making, I, I mainly focus on indie films, so usually there's always some kind of challenge when making a film like this. So what did you encounter during production that, uh, that was a little bit challenging? Oh, there were so many different <laughs> challenges. I mean, the biggest one with indie film is, you know, not having the, the big budgets, not having, you know, a studio backing you up, you know, not having, you know, crew for every, for every role because crew was volunteering. And um, we were so fortunate. It was a really busy time in Vancouver and everybody could have been working on paid shows. So for them to come out and volunteer their time was absolutely amazing. Like we ended up with two full camera crews, which I've had a hard time getting on paid shows a lot of, you know, a lot of times. So it was, the crew was absolutely fantastic, but, you know, we didn't have quite enough crew to fill every position. So John Ornoy, our producer, was doing so many different jobs and anything that needed to be done, he was there to do it, whether it was like, you know, picking up food for the crew or, or driving a truck, an equipment truck. Um, so there were so many, you know, little challenges that come from not having money to throw at problems. Um, but it does make you really, really sort of creative and find solutions and I've always been very solution based in my approach that no matter what happens it's you know find a solution and sometimes that ends up being better um, so whether it was like losing a location at the last minute or you know something not happening exactly the way we planned um, we just found a workaround a solution and um, yeah we kept we just forged on so Definitely, definitely challenging, but very, very rewarding. Uh, do you feel that uh, that kind of experience in itself on a personal level is more rewarding than working on a network television show where you have those sort of resources at the end of the day? It is. I, I mean, I love directing episodic, um, but it's a very different beast. It's a well-oiled machine and you are the guest director and you come in and everything is running pretty smoothly. Um, you still have a lot of creative input, but it's very different than an indie film where you are you know, doing everything from the very beginning. And if you don't do it, it doesn't get done. So you always have to keep that, that, you know, motivation, determination to do it. Um, and it is really rewarding when you, when you sit back and at the very end of it, exhausted and think, wow, we actually pulled it off. Um, so it is, it is very rewarding. Uh, is there a particular scene uh, in this film that you shot uh, that, that stood out as your favorite or, or the most emotionally fulfilling scene? Um, there were, there were a couple, I think for me, the ending scene was, I loved filming that ending scene. We kept it really, really simple. And we had, you know, now that that father daughter relationship had been formed and 
you know, Bob had had this whole redemption story. I just love that Charlene flips the tables on him and starts heckling him the same way that he heckled her um, when she first went on stage, but in a really, you know, friendly, sympathetic manner. And it just resonated when when we were filming it, um, that it was a really nice way to to end the film and show that um, they would be lifelong friends. Uh, my last question, which is always the most important question, is uh, where and when will people be able to see All Joking Aside? Well, um, we were we were planning on a big festival um, <laughs> circuit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I've been hearing that a lot for some reason. It's, it seems that <laughs> festivals just aren't happening for some reason. I don't know what it is. No. <laughs> and yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> but... Um, we, we premiered at CineQuest um, in March, just before everything shut down. And um, so we were able to get our one red carpet premiere. And since then, it is um, available, I believe, on Apple TV. It's also on um, one of the movie channels. I will have to send you all of the links to let you know exactly where it is. And um, so it is available to, to watch. So we kind of decided it wasn't, um, it didn't make sense to wait for you know, every, the world to open up again, that we wanted to get uh, all joking aside out you know, and available. Yeah, yeah. And, and right now you've got that great time where all the big studios are pushing everything. So indie film is becoming the go-to right now for fresh entertainment, which I'm ecstatic for myself. Yes, yeah, I hope it, I hope it really um, helps indie film because there is going to be this... Um, kind of time period coming up where there's not going to be any new content for for most of the tv or you know films because of yeah what's happening so hopefully indie film can fill in the, the blank yeah you've been listening to the six sense media podcast you can find more of our celebrity interviews and roundtable discussions on itunes podbean and soundcloud be sure to check out our movie tv and video game coverage at sixcents.com and fanbolt.com